Wake up, Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Friday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break, fun show so far. you got the podcast at theticketfm.com. The show is sponsored, as always, by Gaina Trucking. Very lively on this Friday. It's going to get even livelier now because, Sip, we've been going around the Big Ten West. We talked to Jeff Patrikas on Wednesday about Wisconsin. And today, we're talking Purdue. We have Tom Deanhart of goldenblack.com with us. Tom, good morning. Thanks for joining us. I want to ask you off the bat, um, for Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, yes. quarterback for Purdue, is seen by pretty much everybody as the second-best quarterback in the conference behind C.J. Stroud of Ohio State. Do you believe that is true regarding Aiden O'Connell, Tom? I think so. Um, kind of amazing to think last year, guys, he didn't take over the starting job until the fifth game of the year. Remember, Jack Plummer won it coming out of camp. The offense was listless through September, and to Brahms credit, he knew he had to make a move, and uh, he won Aiden O'Connell, and boy, that really reversed the fortunes of the season, and guys, despite only making starts the last couple months of the year, he was still a consensus second-team All-Big Ten pick, so um, I tell you what, the way he throws the football is calm, it's cool in the pocket. Uh, you look around the rest of the Big Ten guys, I mean, the kid of Maryland's good, right? Tungvia-Vola. I guess mm-hmm. how you say it. Yeah, I think he, he, you can make an argument for him, maybe. But well, I tell you what, I think Aiden O'Connell as, as a number two guy behind C.J. Stroud makes a lot of sense to me. Joined by Tom Deanhart, who's been a sports. I mean, Tom's about my age ish. Um, been covering football forever and knows this stuff incredibly well. And I want to zoom out a little bit, Tom. Purdue. I mean, I, now you you handle the Big Ten for Lindy's, right? Yeah, yeah, I just uh, sent the copy in uh, about a month or so ago, so it should be coming out shortly. Now, we, we I mean, you you wrote it. You write with authority. The Boilermakers are a threat to win the Big Ten West. How do you size up the West, and what sort of threat are we talking about here from Purdue? You know, Sip, I tell you what, man, you can make a case for two or three teams, maybe four to win that division this year. I, I don't think. Like most years, there's not a 10,000-pound gorilla, if you will. The default pick most years is Wisconsin, which makes a lot of sense given their track record. I think this is a Wisconsin team that, that may be as uh, vulnerable, if you will, as any in, in recent history. Mm. Um, mm. Iowa. Iowa's always Iowa, right? Mm-hmm. How good is Spencer Petras, a quarterback? I, I, I guess I don't know. Iowa, you never want to totally write them out, but I think they're certainly a team that, that's beatable and and, you know, a lot of people are high on Nebraska. You guys you guys surf the Internet, read all the prognostications leading up to this point. A lot of people love Nebraska and with 15 transfers and overhauled uh, offensive staff. So uh, maybe the Huskers. And there's Purdue guys. And, 
And again, uh, you look at their debits and credits. Uh, I know they lost David Bell. I know they lost George Karloftis and mm-hmm. Milton White, who's going to be their best receiver, guys. He's an academic casualty. Having said all that, there's still a lot to like about this team. We talked about O'Connell. I still think there's plenty of good receivers, guys. Two, two from Iowa arriving at Purdue, of course, Tyrone Tracy. And today I was able to confirm what had long been suspected that Charlie Jones is going to come to Purdue, too. Of course, he was a big Kim turn specialist of the year last season. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And uh, he's going to be a nice dynamic weapon, too. So my, my point is they still got plenty of good receivers. They may have the two best tight ends, uh, at least the best tight end combo in the Big Ten, I think, in Payne Durham and Garrett Miller. And defensively, guys, which is usually Purdue's undoing in most mm-hmm. years, it was it was probably the strength of that team last year. I think it's going to be strong again, even without Carl Loftus. And then there's the schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you ever if you're really, if you're if you're ever bored, mm-hmm. take, right. a at, take a look at the Purdue schedule. And they open on a Thursday night at home on national TV against, on Fox against Penn State. And if they beat Penn State, guys, mm-hmm. continue to run your finger down the Purdue schedule. And there's a chance. If you're a real Kool-Aid drinker, there's a chance you can win the first six or seven games. Wow. How about wow. that? How about we're joined by Tom Deanhart. He covers <laughs> Purdue for black and gold. No, I got you. I hear you. Now, I, I went through their schedule last night. I don't have them doing that. Uh, but I have them winning their first four and losing at Minnesota in yeah. game five. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, this is, uh, this, is, this is fascinating what you're telling me. Purdue football – Purdue football with a legitimate chance to win the West after winning nine last year. How – I guess the, the the interesting thing to me in reading what you have written is that the entire defense looks to be the strong point of the program for a second season in a row. How's that conversation yeah. involved with a offensive-minded head coach? Yeah, you know, uh, the, 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 the big script flip, if you will, occurred last year. You guys remember Bob Diaco, of course. You oh, yeah. had your Bob Diaco experience. Pre's Bob Diaco experience is every bit as miserable, <laughs> chaotic, and disastrous. Diaco was gone in less than a year. Uh, yeah, it was and, bad. And, they, they read, and Bob redid the staff, and boy, and he, he knew he made a mistake. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but anyway, so that, that's where it really all happened. He brought in Brad Lambert and Ron English and Mark Hagan, really redid the staff, mm-hmm. and he was more involved with the defense. He knew what he wanted. He knew what he didn't want. And he wanted an aggressive defense that sort of mirrored what he does on offense. Because guys, Purdue's never going to have a steel curtain defense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they they got they to try to make things happen. And when you do that, you're going to give up big plays. But you just hope you make more big plays than you give up. And it, and it worked. And, again, uh, they're not going to win games 17 to 14. But but, but they got to get stops, key stops, and key moments in games. And that happened last year. And, and uh, they did lose Brad Lambert, who called the defense last year. He went back to Wake Forest. Um, but they hired, they just promoted a guy from within named David Elson, the coach linebackers. Now Ron English, guys, he's going to call the defense. This will be the fourth different defensive play caller Purdue had, had in four years. Um, Ron English has been a head coach before. He's coordinated a lot of defenses. So, again, yes, if I tell you what, that defense, the line, Mark Hagan, the D-line coach, he always tells me mm-hmm. he's, he's not a Kool-Aid drinker. That he, he may be able to go three deep and not have much of a drop-off. He, he, and the linebackers are, are, are solid guys. They're, mm-hmm. they're not, they're, that's nothing great. They do have one pro, I think, Jalen Graham. Okay. And then the secondary, uh, I think, could be a strong suit. They brought in three cornerback transfers, uh, one from Kansas State, 
uh, one from Indiana and one from a, a Division II school. And I think they got a really good safety in the back end, too, and Cam Allen. So, yeah, there's they're, 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 they're some guys back there that they can play with and I think have some success. So, and you sprinkle in this, this Charlie Jones guy. Charlie Jones. And I, t- I tell you what, the Purdue return game, you know, for years has just been listless and not productive. And, and you know, Rondell Moore was always lukewarm about doing it. Uh, but now this Jones kid can really give you a weapon back there to maybe steal a touchdown or two. And you guys know you can win a game with one quick kick return like that or setting your offense up with a short field. So having a guy like that, what a difference maker he could really be for him in the return game. But do, you, do you think, though, regarding receiver for Charlie Jones, Thomas, is he going to be the, the top target now with all those guys gone? Where, where does he fit in the pecking order at receiver now with his transfer to yeah, I tell you what, I've asked that question to some staffers here because this was a move that was anticipated and speculated for a couple weeks. and that, that, That's one of the reasons Charlie Jones came, guys. Um, you know, pretty okay. had Iowa's number. Uh, it's kind of weird. Certain teams have certain teams' numbers. And Purdue's been dumping on Iowa here lately and, and, and lighting them up like a like a pinball machine, mm-hmm. especially David Bell. And so Charlie Jones got an up-close look at that Purdue offense, number one. Number two, he's a buddy of Aiden O'Connell's. Oh. Okay. At least an acquaintance. Now, they're both in the Chicago area. He's from Deerfield, Illinois. And Aiden O'Connell is, is from the Stevenson High School area in Lincolnshire. And they both work out together at this academy called Throw It Deep. It was run by a guy named Jake Christensen. So there's a connection there, too. And Charlie Jones, guys, he does have his eye on wanting to play in the NFL. And, and I wouldn't be shocked, you know, Jake, too, if, if he does maybe even crack the starting lineup. At the very least, guys, he's going to be a, a key part of that rotation. Six foot, about 190. And I mentioned Tyrone Tracy. He's yes. the other Iowa transfer, so it's kind of fun. they got two Iowa wide receivers good enough starting for him. And, and Brock Thompson, too, uh, not to give you a rundown of all the Purdue wide receivers, but Brock Thompson's the other guy. Uh, the one holdover actually played for Purdue last year. I think Brock Thompson has a, a chance to maybe be the, the alpha there. And he was the MVP of the bowl game for him last year, a rangy wide receiver. So, But, yeah, back to Charlie Jones real quick. Again, uh, a guy who, uh, again, wants to try to play in the pros, and I think he thinks coming to Purdue is going to make him a better pass catcher and, of course, Purdue will give him that opportunity. But, of course, like we said earlier, they really like the chance uh, of him really improving that, that return game, too. Tom, this stuff's really interesting. Tom Deanhart joins us. Two Iowa receivers. One, Tyrone Tracy, already at Purdue, transferred, uh, former Iowa receiver. Now Charlie Jones um, heads to Purdue, which begs a question. How involved is Jeff Brom and Purdue in the NIL world? What level are they involved right now? Yep. Um, yeah, I talked to a lot of people at the university about that. And uh, Purdue, Purdue, first of all, Purdue is not, not going to do the, the pay-for-play inducement. Uh, I've done stories with the AD, Mike Mobinski. I've done stories with his right-hand man, a guy named Ken Halpin. Okay. Another guy named Tom Moreland. Uh, and uh, they're not going to do it, man. And uh, hmm. and much to the frustration of fans, but I mean, not not the message board culture needs to rule all, but uh-huh. they're usually always negative, right? But the fans, if, if you were to pull the fans, they're pulling their hair out right now hmm. because uh, they, 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 they think they're going to get left in the dust. The basketball team's been the, the shining example. Matt Painter is desperate for a point guard, and he's got a lot to sell. He can sell a starting position, a point guard, for a very good basketball program, right? He can't get a sniff. All, everybody's going everywhere else. Hmm. And, you know, Nigel Pack was the, was the poster child, right? Nigel Pack was the guy that 
first visit was to Purdue. He's from Indianapolis. He can come to Purdue, come back home, start a point guard, play 30 minutes a game, run the offense on a top 20 team. What's he do? He goes to Miami, Florida for $800,000. Hmm. And on and on has gone. They wanted to get the Tyrese Hunter kid from, from Iowa State. He went to Texas. Mm-hmm. And all these guys are falling off the board. Now the football recruiting is coming up. Right, got a big visitor weekend coming up. And, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's a real worry among the fan base that uh, nothing's really going to be done. They, they've got all the other mechanisms in place, guys. They've got the NIL stuff where you, they're meeting with businesses. And once you're on campus, you can, you can get something going. Okay. But as you know, guys, there's a lot of programs working on the fringes and then offering inducements uh, dressed as NIL before you get to campus to get you there. Mm-hmm. And so, again, long story short, no, Purdue is, is, is one of those schools that's sort of treading very lightly in, in this whole uh, brave new world where we're all living in from a college athletic standpoint. Well, keep it right there, Tom, because yesterday Ryan Day and Gene Smith at Ohio State were talking to a, a <laughs> yeah. meeting in Columbus with boosters that say they need $13 million in NIL to yeah. keep their roster intact. Now, you point out that the fans are pulling out their hair and producing, we got to keep up. How do how does you know administrators not see that and say, we, we got to make a move ourselves to, to stay relevant in this conversation? I won. I, I won the same thing, and and guys, I I grew up in West Lafayette. I went there. My parents went there. I've gone to games for years, and man, it's it's Purdue, and um, this just never seems like athletics are priority number one, and it seems like they're probably they always have to suffer pain before they make a change, right? Mm-hmm. They had they had, they had to get drugs kicking and screaming into building their football facility back in 2015 and 16. Uh, so again, uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it doesn't take Purdue falling all the way down the mountain to figure out, hey, we got to get in the game here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess I'm always a little skeptical on that front. So we'll see. I, I, I think you, you raise a point. A lot of fans raise too. I mean, you, you look around the landscape. How can you say to yourself, why aren't we doing this? And everybody else is. And how are we going to keep up? I know for a fact there's some football assistant coaches that are very concerned about it. Okay. Uh, they say there's no way if this was here four or five years ago, they would have gotten Carl Loftus, Bell, and Rondell Moore. Hmm. And you always need a few difference makers, right, guys? Yep. There's probably about there's probably about six to eight guys that should really be paid on your team. Mm-hmm. And the other guys, I will see it as they develop. And so, thirteen million dollars to at Ohio State. I had somebody point out to me, well, I think Ohio State makes about two hundred thirty-three million dollars as an athletic department. That's getting off pretty light, isn't it? Yeah, it does seem pretty light. Now, so, so Purdue, Tom Dean Hart, has made a distinction. Will participate in NIL once players are yeah. on campus. They're just not participating in the recruiting inducement, and that includes they won't. They're not paying for players out of the portal. You're just getting Tyrone Tracy and Charlie Jones because because yeah. because they see opportunity there. That's that, that's that's it. And, and see if there's no collective right now either for Purdue. There's still there's still a couple that they're that are getting assembled. I'm told something should be maybe a official, at least as far as one collective goes, by maybe July. You know, Mike Bobinski told me there's two collectives right now that are sort of forming and coming together. There was one he liked better than the other. Okay. So, again, there's no official collective yet. Okay, um, interesting. But, again, they do have a mechanism within the university called the Boilermaker Marketplace, which is like a portal where if you have a you have Steve Sipple's window washing company, you can go on that portal and contact Aiden O'Connell Say, hey, Aiden, come out to my business, sign autographs for $3,000. So they have mechanisms like that. Okay. You're going to hire a director of NIL engagement this summer. Okay. But they, do have, they do have, like I said, 
the, 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 the mechanisms and, and some and some other mechanics to you know facilitate NIL once you're on campus. But there is still no collective, which is separate from the from the university that's been formally, uh, I guess, assembled at this point. And like I said, there's I'm told there's there's two that are sort of like trying to come together as we speak, and, and, and we should maybe get some word here uh, at some point this summer on the official look uh, collectives from the university. Okay. Join me, Tom Deanhart of GoldenBlack.com, covering Purdue. I'm, I'm curious, Tom. Jeff Brom has been there now for five years. He is 28 and 29 overall, 20 and 22 in conference play, coming off a nine-win season. Fan support fully in on Jeff Brom. Where, where is everybody at with Jeff Brom in, in, uh, in terms of support and belief in him? Oh, they're fired up. Uh, a lot of Kool-Aid drinking right now. This is probably the most anticipated season of his tenure. Whoa. Maybe one of the most anticipated, honestly, guys, in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Man. Um, a lot, you know, Sip, you talked about the 9-1 year. First 9-1 season since 2003. Crazy. You talked about the players coming back. That's fueled excitement. The schedule's fueled excitement and anticipation as well. So, yeah, everybody's in love right now. It's a happy marriage, right? But I'm sure you guys saw a couple weeks ago, Brom was speaking at Louisville at an old high school his dad went to, and, he was asking questions and came off and sounded like he's still always open to coming home to Louisville. Oh, boy. So there's always still that. There, there's an angst. There's, there's always a, a cloud of, of, of impending doom that hangs over the Purdue fan base thinking, well, you know what? It's not if, it's when Jeff Rom goes home to Louisville. And there's a lot of feeling, a lot of conjecture here, guys. If Purdue does win seven, eight games and Scott Satterfield to Louisville, if they struggle, Mm-hmm. Um, that he, he's going south down I-65 mm-hmm. back home to Louisville. Oh, boy. And a, lot, you know, a lot of people thought it was going to happen after last year, but Louisville was, was a sort of a mess. I think the president vetoed it. The AD was fired. Just a lot of tumult in the athletic department. The stars didn't really align to make that move happen after last year. And maybe it happens after this year, guys, because there always seems to be a real push, a groundswell to get Jeff Blum back to Louisville. You know, that Blum family is like, the first family of football down there. Mm-hmm. Oscar played there. Of course, Jeff and Greg and Brian all played there. So they're like football royalty down there. And to come home as a conquering hero, uh, it's got to have a lot of appeal to Jeff Brom. I know, I'll tell you this too, guys. You know, he almost went there after 2018. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think every one of his family members wanted him to go. Oh, boy. But Jeff Brom stayed. He really felt a sense of loyalty. He didn't think he could leave after just two years. Now here we are. This will be year six. So I think, you know, guys, even if he does leave, I think people can accept it at this point. Six years, he's made the program better. If you want to go home, I think people will understand it. So, again, I'm getting way ahead of myself here. But that's sort of always going to be a storyline buzzing in the background of Purdue this fall. One more from me, Tom. That's, I mean, yeah, this is, this is a big year for Purdue. One more from me that, that, that goes along with that. I'm saying, Tom, when I look at the Big Ten West, that I guess my theme is don't mistake it being wide open. Don't mistake the parity for for it being subpar. Don't don't mistake it for mediocrity. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Um, I, I guess when you look at you look at the history, though, sip of the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. yeah. Ever since they went to East West. The West has never won the Big Ten championship. No, I get that. I get that. Um, so, again, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's just crazy. Again, this may be the last year we're talking about divisions, right? Right. If you speak to enough coaches off the record and other administrators, sounds like the divisions could go bye-bye here as soon as 2023 or the new TV deal kicks in. So, yeah, I mean, um, I, I guess I'd like to ask you guys real quick. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how much time you have left, but how, who, who are your top couple teams in the West? Because, like I said, you can make a case for a couple of them, I think. I'm pick, I'm, I'm pick right now. And I've studied it this week hard. I like Iowa. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I like Purdue though. I mean, Purdue's got the quarterback in the defense. Iowa, I... and watch out for Minnesota as well. Minnesota is a team. Yeah. that, you know, Kirk's Rock is back. They got Tanner Morgan back. Also, defense is is not horrible there. That Charlie Jones story though is a big one, Tom. Mm-hmm. Charlie yeah. Jones is a loss for Iowa and a huge gain for Purdue. I mean that's that's kind of you're kind of breaking some news on early break. Yeah, this I, I, I'll tell you what, too, Chip and, and, and Jake. This up uh, when Jones hit the portal, Iowa was stunned. Oh, I'll they, bet. they were they were just knocked off their feet. Nobody saw this coming. He I'll went bet. through fourth spring football, and he has he's his sixth year guy, and nobody saw this coming. So they were they were flabbergasted when oh, he jumped in the portal here. So. Yeah, just another crazy story. And, yeah, the Big Ten West, my goodness. Um, Wisconsin, Graham Mertz, Iowa, and Nebraska, guys. I mean, do you think uh, you guys have boots on the ground there? Are, 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 what's, what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the reasoning for all the Nebraska love? Transfer portal. They got guys in. Fifteen guys in the portal. Yeah, and they brought some guys in that look like they'll, you know, they'll be impact type players and they filled a big void tom with their defensive line i mean that was code red worry coming out of spring and they went and got a kid from texas tech devin drew they went and got stefan win from alabama and they got the big pass rusher from tcu osha yeah. mathis and that that part is probably the big one of course they got the quarterback too from texas uh casey thompson you know pretty wanted marcus washington they uh I know they talked to him. They wanted him. Of course, he was the Texas wideout and them going to Nebraska to reunite mm-hmm. with Casey Thompson. So, um, who knows, guys? Maybe if they would have gotten him, they wouldn't have gotten, obviously, Charlie Jones. Yeah. So, it's kind of funny how life works out sometimes. But, yeah, three defensive linemen for the Huskers. They got a D-back from Alabama, I think, too, right? Yeah. And, they got uh, uh, yeah, Kane, like, Kane they, Williams. They 15 transfers overall, so. Interesting, and uh, they have a great wild opening game, too, right all, all the way across the pond in Ireland. So uh, a lot of anticipation, I'm sure, among Husker fans for a lot of reasons this year. Oh, God, it's a big one. We, we'd like to make a bowl game. It's been five years, Tom. It, <laughs> we'd <laughs> like to what? get I to the postseason. Crazy. You, never, you, never, you thought you'd seen anything in your life. I never would have thought in the 90s you'd have told me Nebraska would have gone that long between seasons in a bowl game in ever the rest of my life. Think about that, yeah. Yes. Here, here, here we are, it's crazy. But, yeah, Scott Frost, I know there's some pressure there. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season. A lot of eyes watching Scott Frost in that program, as, as always, even more so this year. Yeah, we uh, get, just get to the postseason. We need, we'd like more than that, but uh, the postseason is very important. Tom, thank you for the time this morning. We appreciate wow, it, and we will chat stuff. with you again down the road. All right, thank you, fellas. Good stuff. Whoa. Tom Deanhart of GoldenBlack.com, Purdue Whoa. writer there. Whoa. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Charlie Jones headed to Purdue. Now, people do people know Charlie Jones? Charlie Jones is a, a fantastic returner. At kick, Iowa. Kick and punt returner at Iowa. 20-plus catches at Iowa, too. Yes. And, he, and you asked a good question. I mean, he's 
he could be in the starting lineup as a receiver, maybe a top target of Aiden O'Connell. Well, they lost a bunch of guys. They well, they lost Milton Wright and David Bell. That's that's big. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, they got now. The other thing that's interesting out of that conversation is I didn't hear about that Brom Louisville. You know, Brom went was evidently speaking in Louisville, and Purdue fans heard some comments along the lines of, "Oh God, what's he saying here?" <laughs> He'd entertain that thought of heading back to Louisville. See, think about Purdue coming off of a nine-win season, and we're talking about Purdue as a contender in the West. Yeah. Didn't didn't see this coming in 2011 when Nebraska no, jumped into no. Big Ten. Things change over 11 years. I guess. They've changed. Yeah, Purdue was terrible back then. Daryl Hazel was terrible as a coach, and they have recovered nicely with Jeff Brom. Well, I would say the so. The Bromance is alive over coming here. Coming off of a bowl win against Tennessee – um, man, there'll be that. Hey, Jake, Nebraska going to Purdue is going to be a tough game. Yeah, it should be, yeah, be See, if tough. Nebraska wins that game, they're going to win it close. It'd have to be close. Yeah, I wouldn't expect anything of a blowout no, there. No. Uh, before we get to break, Sip, I want to make you salivate right now, right? Ready to, are, you, are you ready to salivate? I, would, I guess. Yeah. I have a little gift-giving wisdom from Omaha Steaks. Dads want steaks for Father's Day. And with Father's Day around the corner, there isn't a better gift than Omaha Steaks. Visit omahasteaks.com, type Jake in the search bar, and order the Dads Want Steaks package. You're saying, what is that, Sip? What's in that package? 99 bucks. You get... 16 mouth-watering entrees that your dad's guaranteed to like, like smoky, tender, bacon-wrapped filet mignons, gourmet jumbo franks, uh, air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, and don't forget the sweet finish, the delicious caramel apple tartlets. Okay, who's doing this? It's Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks. Are you salivating? You you once gave me one of these. Yes. Back in the day. Yeah. And it was incredible. Maybe I'll do it again. Well, yeah, I'll get it from my dad. As a special gift, when you type Jake in the search bar, you can get the, when you order the Dad's Want Steaks package, you'll get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. God almighty. These are bold, beefy, and 100% Omaha Steaks, and now they're even bigger at six ounces. (laughs) Yep. So, again, if you want to send your dad the one, the perfect Father's Day gift, go to omahasteaks.com, type Jake in the search bar, and order the Dad's Want Steaks package. You'll get 16 entrees and four desserts plus eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. Again, it's omahasteaks.com, keyword Jake. That's great. Red meat does make me salivate like a dog. Thank you, Jake. Stop drooling over there. <laughs> Clean yourself up. <laughs> More next on All early right, break on the ticket. <laughs> 